Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. 50% of all lifetime mental illness begins at the age of 14, 75% by the age of 24. You got something going on. You need to reach out to somebody, maybe a neutral third party, markwelltherapy.com. Dr. David Markwell and his therapists uh, do an amazing job there at Ridgeline Counseling. Markwelltherapy.com. They can do it virtually. You can stop by one of their three Georgia locations, East Cobb, Marietta near the square, or McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. Again, markwelltherapy.com. True story. Uh, one of our most popular guests uh, is Matt Dugmany Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm. Uh, that's no joke. You guys love him. I love him. If you have any questions for him when he pops in on the show, you can go to podcastthebs.com. There's a whole section set up. You can ask us on social media, or you can leave a message on our hotline, 404-369-3825, possibly get a one-on-one. -on -one. Specializing in criminal law, located in Atlanta, but practices nationwide, theauroralawfirm.com, theauroralawfirm.com. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. All right, here it is, episode 140 of The BS. Thanks for being here. My name's Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissors studio. Nate, not joining us for the next couple episodes. Got back from the Super Bowl and I believe is traveling again. He's going to Mexico City. Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There in the Zelensky Studios in Noonan, Georgia, that is the B-Man, Brandon Thrasher, looking like that mustache is coming in just a little bit darker. Look at you. Yeah. yeah it's coming in a little dark. I, I didn't put any mascara or anything on it, but maybe it's just, maybe I'm growing up. Yeah, I think you should shave it. You look dirty. You what? put is mascara? It, oh, is it dirty? Yeah, that's what? What, that's what young boys do to keep their things darker. Oh. He's a young boy. I did not know that. <laughs> Just a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> the girls, the girl down there in Noon and Georgia like a little peach fuzz above the lip because it reminds them of when their uncle kisses them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Trying to get that Tom Selleck going on. You got to get it darker. Yeah. It's not working. You just see the side part like by your lip, by the side of your lips. <laughs> yeah, the middle's still a little blonde. Yeah. It's there. It's yeah. there. It's just kind of hard to see. And you actually groom that or take some tweezers or scissors and groom that. No, I just kind of put my finger and go, eh, eh. Just kind of oh. scrape it down. I wish my I wish my beard was the same color as my pubes. That'd be great. Well, uh, nobody knows unless you tell them. What color <laughs> oh, are black. they? My face is like kind of like a brown, like a light brown. It doesn't come in very well either. So the carpets don't match the drapes for you. They do not. They do not. It's yeah. not even the same color as my hair. These are the problems 23-year-olds have in New <laughs> Georgia. Sitting <laughs> so with me weird. in the Golden Scissors studio, she's smart, salacious, and vivacious. There is Nikki D. That is me. Good morning. Nikki D. What is that? Aren't you drinking? No, it's a smoothie. Pineapple mango smoothie. It looks I'm delicious. I'm being healthy. Looks delicious. Well, that's not healthy. <laughs> oh, Nikki D's. 
can, can, can I can I just tell you this? Smoothie King's not open as early as I come here. This is not healthy. I got to get a smoothie where I can get a smoothie. This is this is false healthy. Do you know why this is not healthy? Why? Because it has got tons and tons of sugar in it. <sighs> you have to stay away from the sugar, and you have to stay. Carbs aren't. It, hold on, let me rephrase that. You have to stay away from the bad sugars. And you have to stay away from the bad carbs. There are good carbs and there are good sugars. This right here, not good sugar. I promise you, anything from McDonald's in a cup is not good sugar. <laughs> Do a little research and find out. But that is bad, bad, bad. Sugar will put weight on you instantaneously. Well, that's the Sugar's only, the worst thing for you. The only place I could find a smoothie this morning. Well, you just good sugar. Is it like in fruits, like naturally, like pineapple and strawberry? Yeah, certain fruits. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, certain fruits. There's good, like ketchup, bad sugar. Ketchup has got a lot of sugar in it. And, you know, if you stay, if you, if you nix ketchup out of your diet, you're going to lose weight, believe it or not. Spaghetti sauce, a lot of sugar in it. Uh, things that you wouldn't think have sugar in it, have sugar in it. It's hmm. really, really bad for you. It's not just sweets that have the sugar in it. I mean, obviously, the, those are without saying but ketchup uh tomato sauce spaghetti sauce all that kind of stuff sugars interesting just trying to just trying to help a fellow out that's all i'm trying to do did you have a good time at my super bowl party i did it was a great good, time it was a good party was it not yeah there were a lot of people here. i didn't expect that many people i didn't either <laughs> <laughs> you didn't either <laughs> i did not either i, I rach rach was in charge of the invites so if you didn't get an invite, you can blame uh, my <laughs> wife. But I, I like, and I knew everybody that was there. I was surprised actually to see some of the folks that showed up because I haven't seen them in a minute. So it was it was nice that they they stopped by. So yeah, bunch of kids there. Ariel had all of her little friends over, and she did a little boy. This new boy. That was the first time I met the. The new dude. I guess this guy's taking her to uh, prom. I I, I didn't She's on see a new him. One? Yeah. Well, she yeah she got yeah she knew. <laughs> yeah, I just heard you talking about him and how much you liked him and he, him shaking your hand and stuff. But I didn't actually see him, so I don't know which one he was because it was a few of them here. Who was that like skinny moppy head kid? There was more than one of those. No, he was the only moppy head one. He kind of had not long. That, he said he wanted you to see his man bun. No, that's that's see? her best friend's boyfriend. Well, oh. they just broke up for the fiftieth time this week. <laughs> that's the dude that looks like my homies. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then this was the other kid that came in late and then left early. And he goes to another high school. He goes to Milton and he plays baseball there. Um, But, you know, it was funny because when he got there, you know, he shook my hand. He looked me in the eye, which I can appreciate. That's that's like if you don't do that, I automatically don't like you. And so, because it shows if you got manners, if somebody taught you, you know, the proper way to shake a, a, another man's hand and all, all that good stuff. So I liked that. And then when he was leaving, he was, you know, our house is a split level house. So the, the living room is kind of sunken in just below the kitchen and, and the dining room. And he was at the railing of the dining room and he was leaving and he waved at me. He says, you know, I'm leaving. It was nice to meet you, sir. Like that. And I said, okay. And he jots around the corner and he comes down the stairs to shake my hand again. I was like, ah, a boy. I like this kid. <laughs> and so he shakes my hand, and again, he looks me in the eye. And then I'm having a conversation with some of our guests, and uh, I'm talking to this woman's husband, and he goes, that's impressive, you know, that a kid nowadays would do that. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, but it's kind of a catch-22. I said, it's 
impressive that he shook my hand twice, looked me in the eye both times. But you also want a little bit of fear in it. You don't want him to lock eyes with you the entire time. You want towards the end as you're pulling the hand away, like right before, him to kind of drift off because he's he's like, oh, I got through that. You know, so you want he didn't do that. No, he locked eyes. He was like, I ain't afraid of you. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no ghost. He's like, I, I got no problem. <laughs> nope, I'm just going to look you straight in the eyes. Uh, Brandon, you missed out, but it wasn't a Brandon party. Brandon would not have had a good time. No, he definitely would not have had a good time at this party. It was just a bunch These of were grown people. Yeah, a bunch doing of a, grown things. A bunch of adults having adult beverages and uh, having amazing food and watching a football game. So that's yeah, what, sounds like I would have been in the middle. Like you got all the kids there, then you got all the old people there, and you know I've just been right in the middle. Been kind of weird. I don't know if I go to the kid group. I don't know if I go to the big boy, the big boy group. He said the kid group. I don't know group. where to sit. It, it, you're almost 24 years old. You should be. No, I'm with, 24 now. Okay. Okay. You're 24 years old. You should be with the adult group by now. That shouldn't be a question, Brandon. You should be able to hang out with the adults. I can, you know, it's another thing is if you were closer, you know, and I don't want to drive home that late and, you know, I had stuff to do Monday Hell, we didn't even get off the golf course till 7 o'clock. It was dark on us, and we went to the Carvellas and ate some wings and watched the game on the TV there. Yeah, well, I mean, no no harm, no foul. It was a good party. My brisket was, as the kids called it, bussin'. Bussin', that's what they said? Yeah, they said my, my brisket was bussin'. Okay, it was good. It was probably the best brisket I've ever made. It was good. I, I put it on at 11 o'clock the night before. Do you know what was the best thing I ever tasted in my life? Was it the dessert stuff? It was those shrimp Rachel made. Oh, the shrimp, yeah. I don't know how she did them. I got to talk to her because she was busy, so I couldn't really talk to her like I wanted to find out. Every time people have, like, the cocktail shrimp, they're just gross. They're just cold shrimp. You got to dip them in cocktail sauce to even get them down your throat. I ate so many of those shrimp. I'm like, girl, stop eating these shrimp. Shrimp are good for you, by the way. They were so delicious. So do you want to know how she made them? Yeah. She didn't do shit. She literally got good shrimp. Good. I mean, that's that's the important thing. You gotta get good shrimp. She got good shrimp, good size shrimp. She put them in a bowl and doused them with Old Bay and then tossed them and put them on a plate. She didn't do a damn thing to those things. No way. Yeah, that's all she did. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because that's how I, 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 I eat the whole bowl. I love shrimp and I love Old Bay. Old Bay, well, not good for She bought them you. already Salt. cooked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then she just sprinkled them in there and put them out. She hates shrimp. I thought she boiled them in the seasonings and all. No. no. Okay. <laughs> That's not happening. They were so good, though. No. It, neither her or Ariel like shrimp unless I cook it a certain way. Oh. And that's a shrimp scampi that I do on the grill. And it's really, really good. I love shrimp. Yeah. So do I. I love shrimp. And it's really good for you. That's a good mm-hmm. protein to have. Yeah, shrimp's good for you. Uh, so, uh, we'll get to the halftime show because that's really all anybody is still talking about with the Super Bowl, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, the, the Super Bowl, the, the game itself was, if you're wondering why we're talking about this on a Wednesday is because the way we record, it's exactly that's why we're not talking about, the, <laughs> talking about the day after. Exactly. For those that are new to the podcast. Um, so the, the game itself was great up until the last like two and a half minutes. And that's what I missed. And then it stalled because of the questionable call made against Philadelphia, the holding call. And Greg Olson was was doing the commentating, one of the commentators, 
And I got to tell you, Greg Olson, former tight end for the Carolina Panthers, he's really good. He is a really, really good broadcaster. He's become a really good broadcaster. And I appreciate it that he called out the call. He said, I understand it. And even the defender, uh, I think it was Bradbury, I think that's who it was. He even said afterwards, he's like, I was holding. There's no doubt I was holding. You know, I, I should have got flagged. He, he, he said it. But Olsen says, you know, at this caliber of a game, at this point of this game, was that really the right call? Because it wasn't a blatant hold. It was a hold. There's no doubt about it. But I think they should have I think they should have picked up the flag because the ball was uncatchable. And it wasn't uncatchable because of the hold. It was uncatchable because of the throw. Now, if the ball were catchable, then they should have did the hold. Because the 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 hold was questionable. It wasn't I don't even think he grabbed the jersey. He just and he took his left arm and he put it around his hip and maybe pulled a little bit, which they do every single play. I was about to say, I think they do that a lot mm. in football. But rules are rules, and that's what it was. And it then made the game extremely boring because they just juiced the clock until they had to do the chip shot field goal to win the Super Bowl. You know, which must have been extremely painful for the Philadelphia Eagles to sit there for the next two minutes going, we lost. You know, please be over. Let me go home. I want to leave this field now. So it wasn't like came down to the wire type of thing. Um, But over, you know, I didn't think the Kansas City Chiefs were going to win that Super Bowl. I thought the Philadelphia Eagles were going to win that Super Bowl. I I thought they were going to win that Super Bowl handedly. But they were outplayed and outcoached. The, the, when I saw Mahomes hurt himself, I'm like, okay, this this is it here because he's not going to be able to come back and play. He looked like he was in excruciating pain. But then I watched a lot of those documentaries where they say they take him back there, throw him on all these pain meds, and put him back out. And that's exactly what, exactly it like what they, they did. Because you can see him at the the end of the game interview. He's like all over this place. His eyes are looking wild while he's on the field. He's just looking <laughs> geeked out. <laughs> Well, they they didn't they didn't they didn't pop him full of like morphine or anything. They they they, they most likely gave him a cortisone shot. And Probably some perks. They, well, I nah, I don't even. I don't think they did that. I, I mean, he looked like he couldn't even. He didn't even know he had an ankle. Well, they did. You just you couldn't feel it because they put it. They gave him a cortisone shot. So it was just probably numb. But you also had the adrenaline going. I mean, these guys are the best of the best, right? I mean, you're in the biggest game of your life. And you say to yourself, okay, I literally have just a couple minutes left to go down in history. Once again, as a Super Bowl winning quarterback, I just have to play on, uh, you know, you can, get, broken ankle. you can get through that. Well, I don't think it's broken, but you, know, you, you can get through <laughs> that. There, Ronnie Lott, uh, the Hall of Fame DB for the San Francisco 49ers, had a choice to either play in a Super Bowl. I think I'm getting the story right. Because I met him one time, and I was friends with his son Ryan Neese, who lives in Tampa. But he uh, he had a choice. One of the Super Bowls that he played in was to play or not play because of his pinky finger was broke or something, or get it cut off. And he chose to get it cut off. What to play in the Super Bowl? Google it. Yeah, he cut. I'm pretty his sure I got the story. Off? Well, he didn't do it, but somebody did. Oh my god! And I would do the same thing if you said to me, Jason. You have to either lose your pinky finger or you can't play in the Super Bowl. I would say take my pinky finger. Sure did. That's what it says. He had a huge decision to make, and he chose amputation. Yeah. Dang. You wouldn't? 
Heck no. The the playing a game that you might not ever get back to. Amputate my finger? Mm-hmm. No. Your pinky it's finger. Just, you don't need your pinky. pinky. It's it doesn't do a whole lot. It doesn't, really. What? Yeah, I mean, what does it do? I don't you even know. get a little know. strap on one after. You know, you get a little hand brace, a little strap on one. Strap on pinky. <laughs> get that at the sex shop, right? <laughs> yeah. Why couldn't they Replace just put it with a mini one of those brace things on they put on your pinky when it's messed up? No. Yeah. So here are a couple uh, interesting facts about Super Bowl 57. View, uh, this is the first time the two black starting quarterbacks, both also from Texas, that'd be Mahomes and Hurts. Uh, Doug Williams was the first black quarterback to start a Super Bowl, 88, uh, with the Washington win over Denver, 42-10, and he was MVP. Uh, Mahomes and Hurts, combined age of 51 years old, 337 days on Sunday, surpassing Joe Montana and Dan Marino in 85 as the youngest Super Bowl quarterback matchup of all time. Um, let's see. Uh, Cleveland is the only city with an NFL team that has not gone to a Super Bowl and have not hosted a Super Bowl. The other teams that have not gone to the game but are in cities that have hosted are Detroit, Houston, and Jacksonville. Interesting. The NFL spent two years preparing the grass for the field at the Super Bowl, uh, but that was... <laughs> That was horrible. Terrible. Yeah, they were. All the co- players were complaining. They were slipping on it. I mean, you saw, I think, Butker slip on it, one of the kicks, or or, or one of them did. Uh, the grass was grown at a local sod farm in Phoenix. Whoever's in charge of that? Like, all right, we're going to do a department. you got to look for the best sod in Phoenix, and you got to bring it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it was installed two weeks ago, and the total cost $800,000. $800,000. For great. That's all they rolled it out every day to get sun and they watered it also. Yeah. So, anyway, there's a couple little tidbitty things. Commercials. You guys see any of the, you be able to watch the commercials? I saw, I, I think saw I saw most of them. A few of them. I don't know if I saw all of them, but I think I saw I, a good bit of commercials. That's one was probably that Tubi one. Oh, brilliant. Where it tricked everyone. <laughs> yeah. People, people were pissed. They were. That just shows that we've lost our sense of humor. You know, when you get got, you have to appreciate somebody that can get you. If it's not malicious. And that Tubi commercial, it almost got me. Like, I was sitting in my spot on my couch in the Star Wars man room, and I'm watching the television, and there's people talking, but both TVs and both rooms were loud, so you could yeah. hear it. And the remote was right next to me, and, you know, I've got the dogs running around and stuff. And I look up at the TV, and the, the, the Roku menu comes up, and I'm like, Oh man, did I sit on the remote? To the it got me, <laughs> and so I went and reached for the remote, and I'm like, and then for some reason I was like, I think that's the commercial, <laughs> and I waited, and I was like, God, that was brilliant. I mean, creative points, you get an A plus for that. I thought it was awesome, but the internet goes crazy. They did. People were talking about they were throwing things, and they were so mad, and. They, they don't have Tubi. I'm like, why are y'all so mad? It was just a commercial. You didn't know what that Tubi was until the, the, the commercial did exactly what it was supposed to yep, do. Yep. I thought that was pretty good. The Will Ferrell GM electric vehicle um, commercial I thought was pretty good where they kind of showcased all the different Netflix shows like Squid Games. And that was kind of your run of the mill. wasn't anything overly creative uh, that I thought the Hellman's mayonnaise mayonnaise. With Pete Davidson, that was okay. Uh, where are some of the good ones? The Ben Stiller, Steve Martin, that was all right. 
Um, See that that guy that paid like eight hundred thousand to attack Elon in that commercial? Oh yes, no, I no, no, saw no. that. What was that? I saw that he did yeah. a commercial going basically against uh, Tesla and all the people in the room because we were sitting down in in your um in your um Star Wars room, and one of the people in there said, "Well, what was the purpose of that?" I'm like, "To attack Tesla. He's going against it." They were like, "Wow." What did he say? Yeah. It was just like, it had like a videos of like, Tesla will run over a baby and it just has like mm-hmm. a, a Tesla flying by and hitting a, hitting a child, obviously not a real one. And yeah, then they like kept throwing and, the little test dummies out and, and watching the car run them over because it can't self really self-drive itself. God, they paid $800,000 for that, huh? Yep. Yeah, but it was it was only aired in, uh, I think, Atlanta, Chicago, D.C., and one other place, which I thought was odd. It wasn't shown everywhere. It was just like four states. What can I get for $800,000? You can get Atlanta, you can get D.C., you can get a couple other states. That's about it. Well, I want I want it where he's at. He's in Phoenix. He's at the Super Bowl. I want it to air during the Super Bowl. Uh, the T-Mobile spot with Bradley Cooper and his mom I thought was really funny. Um the uh, Oh, the that's the one I was looking for. The Bush Light one with Sarah McLaughlin. I thought that was so wrong. You know, where it starts out and you think it's one of those dog commercials. You know, in the eyes of an angel. And then she pops out of the tank, tent and it's a bush light commercial. <laughs> I'm like, that's so funny and so wrong on so many levels. Because we're we're like programmed to, oh man, here comes those poor animals. Jesus, where do you Doggies. want me to send my money? <laughs> and she pops out as a bush light commercial. I'm like, oh, that's bad. Uh, I guess the Marvel Studios, Guardians, Galaxy, Creed 3, Go Fuck Yourself, Michael B. Jordan, Indiana Jones, all those. I aired. was excited about Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I didn't see the commercial. Yeah, I saw it. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, yes. I know Woo-hoo! the I know the Flash one was big because I don't like Flash. I'm not a big Flash person. I don't like the kid that plays him. He annoys me. Um, but it was big because they had Michael Keaton as Batman in the trailer. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought it was him and the Ant-Man. And Michael Keaton was the best Batman, by the way. Uh, I can agree with that. He was good. I haven't seen all the Batmans, but I saw that one. Was, what was No, it was Flash. It was the Flash one that he's in. Yeah, they're, that's they're, what I'm saying. I thought it was they're gonna do. They're going to do what uh, they did with Spider-Man. They're going to have, they're supposed to have all the Batmans back. So it'll be oh. the different universes and stuff like that. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Any other Cardi cr- B and um, Offset. They got a new meal at McDonald's. They got a what? A new meal at McDonald's. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, like a burger and oh, a meal. Burger? A meal. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't actually say what the meal was. I think it's a quarter pounder, some twist on a quarter pounder. But they didn't actually say what it was. They just teased it. So they had all the different couples, and I don't remember who the other couples were. But they had all the different couples, and then afterwards they announced like it's going to be on the menu. Right. Well, I missed that. I'm not sad. I like, I like the, uh, that commercial they did with uh, the Clueless chick because I was hoping that a lot of people would Google the the Clueless too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is our big break. <laughs> and who sang the national anthem? I forget. What's his name again, Brandon? Chris Stapleton. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best national anthems performed at a Super Bowl. I missed it, but I did watch it afterwards. It was pretty good. It was really good. It was. And Nick, Serini was crying. Yeah, the, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles kind of made it even better. But Chris Stapleton is uh, just such an amazing, amazing artist. And, like, you could tell that he felt it. Like, he wasn't doing it just to sing. Like, yeah. I think if you're singing the our national anthem on that level – 
you have to feel it. It's kind of like the problem that I have with bands when they sing their go-to ballots in concert and they kind of goof it because they do it every night. You have to realize that for the fan that's seen you in that city, that might be the first time they're seeing it or the the this might be the next time that they've seen it over a tw- you know from 20 years ago. They want to feel it like they feel it. They don't want you to goof around with some ballot that has a meaning to it. The national anthem without saying has a meaning to all of us uh, and all of us have possibly different meanings to it, but nonetheless, it's about the United States. And when you go and you sing it on that level, I want to see you feel it. I just don't want you to go out there and sing the song because you're supposed to. I want you to feel it. Same thing with Shirley Raff. She did this. She did a phenomenal job. She made history and she sounded so good. Felt it. She's the first African-American woman to sing the black national anthem at a Super Bowl. Oh, and, and that riled phenomenal. some people up. Let me tell you. It was phenomenal. It riled who up? Oh, my God. The people on the right were just pissed. Who cares? <laughs> well, Wait, they did two national anthems? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's what they do now. They have the black national anthem, which I didn't even know existed until they started doing it. This year is, I believe, the first year they started doing it. This is the third year. This, is, this the is the first year that she was on the field. The first year it was done by Alicia Keys, um, you know, via Zoom or some kind of thing like that. And then last year it was done by, I think, Monet, but she was outside of the stadium. And then this year is the first year that it was sung inside the stadium and Shirley Ralph did it. How many people think that, that, that they even know that there's a black national I, I had no idea that. I don't even know why there's a black national anthem. I've known it my whole life. Why, why, why is there one? <laughs> because we made up our own for our freedom when we were considered free in this country, which wasn't, you know, when you guys were free. Oh, so. this just this just adds to the divide that we I'm already have. I'm just saying, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so we have our own national anthem for when we were free. Do we really need different national anthems if we all live in the same country? Yeah, we we do. We so. don't have the same history in this country. We don't have the same background in this country. We don't have the same plight. So your national anthem of freedom for the United States as a whole is not the same as our freedom in the United States. So but there's a that, black national anthem. But doesn't that defeat the idea of equal rights, of that we're all equal, we're on the same playing field? Although I know it's not true, but that's the idea, is to someday get that. But the more we have things that divide us, we'll never get there. So if that's the case, then everybody, it's kind of like in school. If one kid has a cookie, everybody's got to go have a cookie. So you think having a, a separate national anthem is um, a division? Yes. Do you even know the words? No, I didn't. I just told you I didn't even know it existed <laughs> until a couple of years ago. But I mean, then, then you let's say we had the Asian national anthem, and then let's say we had a gay national anthem, and then we say we had a Native American national anthem. I mean, if anybody deserves a national None of anthem, those it peoples be a- went through a civil rights movement. None of them have the history that we have in this country to say that they need a national anthem. Oh, none of none, none of those oh, races oh, oh, that you I, cause I, have. I'm sure the Native Americans would <laughs> yeah. highly disagree with that since they were the first ones here and all the land that they owned was stolen by well, the white man. You said Asians. I'm not saying Native Americans. I'm sure Native Americans have their own everything. Okay, well, And then, they have a right well, to. So they should have one played at the Super Bowl too. Okay, maybe they should rally for it. I'm not. I'm here for it. I'm not against it. We're gonna have a and long think, Super Bowl. 
Asians was they were put what, in internment camps during World War Two, I believe. Yeah, yeah, they were put in in camps in World War Two. They were just rounded up because they were Asians, and they were put in camps. So they get one. Uh, <laughs> gays have been persecuted for God knows how long, uh, still being persecuted. So they should get one. I mean, everybody should get one if that's the case. We'll give it to them. Well, then that's a long Super Bowl. I'm not mad about it. I mean, we're going to have an, ex- it was great. an extremely long Super Bowl if everybody's getting themselves a national anthem. It was great. Okay. Well, well, I'm sure it was great. I missed it, but I'm sure it was phenomenal. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm just saying that do we need it? Is it that important? We need it. You know, do you think that it would be there if the whole kneeling thing didn't take place? The reason why it got its resurgence is because of the whole George Floyd thing that happened in 2020. So that's why it's even to the forefront now where everybody knows it exists, whereas you said you didn't even know it existed. Yeah. So, yeah, I do think it's needed because as we continue on, we still don't have this equality that people always want to speak about that we have in this country. And it's a false narrative. We don't. So if you continue to talk about it, you continue to sing about it, you continue to put it in people's faces. And maybe one day there will actually be some type of change, but it's not right now. Well, I will will say this, an observation as far as equality goes, the majority of people playing in that football game making seven figures were African-Americans. They were African-Americans, but how many owners are African-Americans in the NFL? Okay, well, does that really matter? Oh, yeah. Well, then. They're they're just players, but they're not owners. They're they're, just employees. But but how do you know that the the African-Americans just don't have the means or they haven't wanted to or haven't been able to buy. I mean, there's so many different things that people, they just look at and they go, oh, that has to be when they don't know why it isn't. What has to be? It, how, do you, how do you know that there hasn't been an African-American that couldn't afford it or he didn't want it or he chose not to take it? Like he deferred it. Defer what, owning a team? Yeah. Well, how do you know those things don't exist? I don't know what exists or don't exist. We're talking about facts. You're talking about how many people play in the NFL that are black, right? But how many people are actually owners? They're they're Because they're black, what does that mean? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're just employees. That's like me going to my job. I'm black. I'm an employee. But I don't own the company that I work for. But have you tried to own it? No. Look, why not? That's your fault. Well, the last They're black person that to tried to own something, they put him in prison. And I'm not even going to go down that road. Who do they put in prison? For? Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby drugged women. What? <laughs> well, he deserved to go to prison. But all of that stuff didn't even come up until he tried to buy something and own something of statue. And I feel like they didn't want him to own it. What did he try to buy? NBC. So you're saying that it was a hit job that they decided to. So even though he did drug the women and rape those women, he still shouldn't have served. He didn't just drug and rape them when they (laughs) evicted him of it. He did that stuff so long ago. And then all of a sudden it came to the forefront. Mm -hmm. I know you don't think that people being set up in conspiracies and all of that stuff is real. It happens all the time. Conspiracies are real. Setups are real. Well, I'm not saying they're not, but they are. If you drugged a woman and raped, it doesn't matter what the hit job is. You're still guilty. No, we're not guilty. It's all black thing because he wanted to buy NBC. What was your point of saying that black people are NFL players? I'm saying that I observe you. You're talking about people having opportunities. I'm saying there was a lot of opportunity on that field. That's what I'm saying. 
So and they sung a black national anthem. I still don't understand what what the point was. You're you're making the point that it's like oh so horrible, and I was making the point that there are some people that actually made it and are doing well for themselves. That was my point. That doesn't have anything to do with racism because so black because people play football. Said, because what you said earlier is all you you made it you you assumed you alluded to the fact that every single person in that community is is struggling and doing this and doing that and doing this. And I just said, I observed there are some people that actually got the opportunity and made it and are doing very well for themselves. Also, the NBA, doing really well there too. Hockey, not so much. NASCAR, not so much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, I mean, like, the more we continue to separate ourselves with whatever reasons that we want to give is the more we're going to start dividing ourselves even more than what we are now. You know, I mean, everybody can make a case for something. No one case is bigger or worse than the other case, according to that person, maybe to you in your eyes, but to that person, not in their eyes. You know, if you were to have this conversation with a native American person, they would sit there and laugh in your face and go, you've got to be freaking kidding me that you're telling me this. You know, but you don't take that into consideration because you're. I wouldn't tell that to down, somebody, somebody that's a, a Native American. You just did. When I mentioned the Asians, gays, uh, Native Americans, you made the overall umbrella statement of all of them not as important. I didn't say they were not as important. And then I also said I wouldn't care if every last one of those people made up a national anthem and wanted to sing it. Yeah. After, I absolutely said that. After I checked you on it, of course you did, because that's a smart move to make. No, I didn't hear you say um, mm. Asian Americans or whatever you say. I mean, um, so we don't even know what they're called now. People. Yeah. Let her let her refer to those people. Native Americans. <laughs> them them people, Brandon. Them people. <laughs> them Tomahawk folks. Uh, Hamlin, uh, the 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 player that died on the football field earlier this year, uh, was at the Super Bowl, uh, rightfully so, and he gets beat up because of his jacket. Because on the back of the jacket, it was some artist that did this real expensive jacket. And it had the crucifixion of Christ, but Christ's face was like a anime. It's like a zombie. Like a zombie. It was like some kind of, it was art. That's all it was. It was art. Yeah, it looked pretty bad. I, I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about his, uh, what I saw from him in the Super Bowl is he did an interview with Michael Strahan. Strahan. And Strahan asked him, um, like, did he remember going out like after you stood up you know do you remember falling back down and he paused for like five minutes it feels like and then he said i don't want to talk about it and i'm like well why are you doing an interview if you're not really ready to talk about it because i want to know how you felt what you thought so i felt so slighted because his interview was just so super surface level did you see the jacket I didn't see the. I saw the front of the jacket. I didn't see the back of it. Yeah, that's where the heat's coming from. The back of the jacket. I know, but um, he's getting heat from me for the interview. The poor guy just like you. You can't win in this world. I swear to God, the guy died and was the hero, like the baby face to a nation, and then he shows up at the Super Bowl wearing a jacket or does an interview, and now he's the heel. <laughs> I swear to God, you you people, when I say you people, I'm talking about everyone that bitches and complains about everything. If bitching and complaining were a job, we would all be billionaires. Billion with a B. 
That's all people do is bitch and complain. If you don't like something, it's just, you're not going to like everything. As a matter of fact, you're going to not like most things because it's not to your taste because you didn't tailor, make it or pick it out. You just go with the flow. So the guy didn't want to answer the question. Okay, big deal. So the guy was wearing an artist's jacket of the crucifixion of Christ. You trying to? What are you trying to say? He's he's Satan, you know. You shouldn't take a, a picture of Christ and make it a zombie, though. I what? can see why yeah. people might be pretty pissed like, off about little, that. I don't yeah, know, pull, a little tasteless. Pull, pull up a picture of it. I want to. We don't even know what Christ looks like. There's, I mean, well, all this look like that. Well, you don't <laughs> know, Eastern man. He could. You don't know that either. I mean, he's where he was born. He could be a, a an amputee midget in a wheelchair or something. You don't know that. We don't have any pictures. There's no Polaroids of him. We don't know what he looks like. We assume that he's this, you know, tan dude with long dark hair, looking like he was in we a grunge definitely band. Definitely don't assume that. What do you mean? There's nobody in the nose. We don't assume that. <laughs> oh, that's right, because he's in black in your world, right? Yep. Yeah. So, see, there you go. He's black in her world. I've never heard that. For for everybody else, he's a white guy with long hair, looking like he's fronting a grunge band. In the back of Hamlin's jacket, he looks like he's in Last of Us. He's the infected, you know. So yeah, it looked, looked a little weird. Everybody, God, everybody's got a different. Uh, so nobody's got a picture of him. So you can't be pissed off at his jacket if everybody's got a different vision of what he looks like. They won't even show the back of it. You can't Google back of Hamlin's jacket. Oh, there we go. Oh wow, yeah, I see why people are mad. It looks like like a zombie SpongeBob. That's what I thought too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think it was a zombie at first. I thought it was a SpongeBob. <laughs> like SpongeBob. What in the world? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I see why he's offending people with his jacket. I wouldn't have worn it. Uh, oh, that was nice. Um, Rachel's broker. She just got this diamond award with Coldwell Banker. Mm-hmm. You know, for real estate because mm-hmm. she's a she's a rock star. I mean, she's hit a certain level and whatnot. So her broker just stopped by our house and put a sign in our front yard. That says rock star with her name on it. Oh, let's go, right? Isn't that cool? That is cool. That was very sweet. <laughs> you can see it on your phone? Mm, yeah, she just sent me a picture. Oh, okay. You want to say it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. I was like, I thought it was a sign. I was like, why are you putting our house for sale? I was like, what are you <laughs> uh, isn't that cool? Isn't that nice? Oh, that is. So, in the past producer. six months, my daughter's had these yard signs for being a senior and a cheerleader. Now my wife has a yard sign, and I don't get shit. Can one of you guys please put a yard sign in my yard? All right, I got you. I, I don't know what you want to put in there, you know. <laughs> Whatever you guys want to put, just make it nice, please. <laughs> I say that, in I, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning, and there's just going to be a ton of yard signs in my yard, like, dick, ass. <laughs> get Bailey, y'all. So your line guys will love it, cutting uh, around it all. I know, really. Um <laughs> All right, so the party was good. Uh, the national anthem was good. The black national anthem was good. The commercials were good. The bad call was bad. Uh, the football was good. The food was great. Delicious. The company was amazing. Good mm-hmm. people at my house that night. There was. Really good people. There was. Really good people. Um, did you get to meet everybody? No. Um, I met a few people. I don't know anybody's names. Who'd you meet? Um, Ariel's friends, moms. I talk with them. Um, Dr. Markwell. I talk with him a lot. Dr. David Markwell, Ridgeline mm-hmm. Counseling was here. 
He was awesome. And I talked to a guy and his wife down in the one room. And uh, I think the one guy was your neighbor. but Middle Eastern? No, he was an older white guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mike. But two of my neighbors were here. The Middle Eastern, that's Tony, UCI Kitchen and Bath who advertises. Oh, okay. Um, that's Tony and his wife. They live house left. Okay. Okay. And then Mike and his son Drew live mm-hmm. across the street. Yeah. That's hippie Mike. Mike. and Drew. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to them, too. Yeah. And there's a lady down there, and she looks familiar, and I, I feel like I know her, but I can't remember where I know her from. By herself? Yeah, with the long hair. That's Jenny. She is Jenny Ginepri. She and her family own the Old Town Club, Country Club, or well, it's not a country club, but tennis facility that I play tennis at. Okay. Her brother is Robbie Ginepri, former professional tennis player. I know she just looked familiar, like I knew her. From She's somewhere. been over. She comes over. She often. comes over. Okay, yeah. so I figured I might have met her at another party here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, and then I did. I met this older couple, um, the lady and her husband. Is that the Middle Eastern people? I don't know. You tell me. Did they look and talk Middle Eastern? <laughs> they had an accent, but I didn't. I don't know. It was Middle Eastern. I didn't know what. Balding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Tony. Yeah, yeah. Him and from his Iran. Wife. Yep, me and her uh, talked a little bit upstairs too. She's a really nice lady. Very nice, both very nice. Everybody at the house was mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Was so, great. Yeah. Did you meet Warris? Who's that? Uh, he's the owner of the uh, North Point Acupuncture, the the massage place I go to. Black guy glasses. Uh, I didn't know his name, but I did talk to him too. He's a good dude. Yes, really, really, really funny. Really good dude. Mm-hmm. Then he had Lieutenant Dan and Linda and their new little oh, yeah, baby. You know, I, I know them, but you know them. Yeah, yeah. So it was good. That was yeah. pretty much Eddie G and his wife were here. Eddie Gonzalez, the former tournament director at the uh, Lane Open. Yep, him and his wife. I sat down there and talked to them for a little bit by the Great fireplace. People. Great people. Mm-hmm. So you missed out, Brandon. You could have met all these interesting people versus <laughs> being at Sonic or whatever you want. Yeah. A lot of cool people. Sounds like yeah. sounds fun. No, it was. It was. It was. It was very nice. And you know, we have so much food left over. It's ridiculous. Rach made. Uh, you know, she's she's known for her sharp uh, sharp coochie boards. Charcuterie. Yeah. Whatever. And so, you know, we had a bunch of those out there, but she, I don't think has ever done dessert sharp coochies, right? So she made, she made this, this sharp coochie dessert platter and it had two giant balls on it. And one of the balls had jimmies all over it and it was cookie dough. And the other giant ball was like banana pudding. And then you had all these cookies around it. And you would just dip, you would you would you know spoon off part of the balls, and then you dip your cookie in the in 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 the ball stuff. It was so delicious. It was, I and I ate I mine saw, with fruit. Yeah. yeah, I saw a picture of it. I was like, "Is that one big giant dessert right there? Like someone's just supposed to grab that ball and eat it?" I didn't know it was like a dip. I will tell you the one thing I saw that gave me a little bit of alarm. One of your guests, I won't say which one, he was standing over there taking his cookie and he was just scraping off the bowl and eating it and i was like sir can you get a plate and put just some on there oh damn and just eat your own like i don't you're not supposed to stand here wasn't it adult yes really so when i saw him doing that What's i the, almost didn't you know get none i know who it was here, write, write the name down here i'm curious <laughs> well, that would have made me look better if i was there oh my <laughs> yeah who's God. that classy 24 year old with the weird mustache yeah. He's not scraping cookies. 
And so I took a my oh. spoon and I went around the whole other side where he hadn't been standing there eating, and I just got mine off that side because I was so disgusted. Like, have you never been anywhere before? You don't do that. That's nasty. Yeah, you should have come to me. I would have checked him on that. So yeah, I that's agree. that's the only thing I saw I didn't like. So I got me some off the backside of the ball <laughs> with my fruit. It I, was good though. It was so good. I would have gone up to him and said, "Look, I was looking on my cameras." <laughs> And I see you scraping my balls and going in double dipping. And we need to have a conversation. So nasty. <laughs> All right. Uh, the final thing. Let's talk about the halftime show. No one's going to be happy with the halftime show. You have to know that going in to a halftime show at a Super Bowl, that you're going to be disappointed because that's the mindset that you're always going to be in. You don't have to. I'm just saying that's probably going to be the best route for most people is because you cannot make everyone happy. Now, to beat up a pregnant, I mean, think about this. Just take the celebrity out of it for a second. The internet that hated the Rihanna halftime show, you are beating, not not Chris Brown beating, but you know what I'm saying? Oh Your internet beating up a pregnant woman that chose to work. Think about it like that. Exactly. There's a lot of people that, oh my God, that woman's pregnant. She gets nine months off from maternity leave. What the shit? You know, this woman worked her ass off to put on that show while pregnant. And you still could not have some sort, like it's one thing if she weren't pregnant, right? I mean, let's just say it's just a, an artist that is open game and you can beat up. But I think the fact that she's pregnant should change the game and that she's a woman. Mm Mm-hmm. She's a pregnant woman that decided to go to work and do her best, in which I thought for the Rihanna fan and even for the non-Rihanna fan, like I'm not a big Rihanna fan. I can appreciate her music. It wasn't horrible. It was a show. It was what she was supposed to do, right? I mean, yes, my opinion, but my opinion really doesn't matter to the people at the Super Bowl or Apple. <laughs> but yes, I would have liked to have seen something different. I would have liked to have seen, you know, like a Jay-Z come out or uh, and actually- And he was there. And actually an artist of another genre. And I've said this a million times. I think the Super Bowl halftime show, in order to be memor- memorable, rememberable, memorable, that you have to have artists, uh, surprise guests, and they have to be from different genres because you're reaching a wider range of people. Now, I don't know if- Moving forward with the halftime show, that's going to happen because they're now uh, kind of third-party halftime shows. Like Apple did this one, uh, Jay Z's company did last year's. Right. You know, so they get to pick and choose the creative. And if they're like, no, we're just doing our artist because you know Apple right now is going. Rihanna's our artist. She's getting ready. She's making her comeback. We're t- you know we're staking claim in Rihanna. She is our artist you're not going to put somebody else out there that might outshine her. Right. Right. So, that does make sense. So that's the business move to it. They're not thinking of the fans. Did you see the Easter eggs that uh, was revealed that Nate put out there? Oh, Because I, it was sponsored by Apple? Yeah, so the, all the, the, the little uh, dancers were on iPhones? Yeah, like those little um, float things that they were on going up and down when you looked at it from the bottom up it does look like an iphone because it had like this staticky thing going across the bottom of the screens if, so if i'm like that's pretty cool if, if nate wouldn't have posted that i would have never known me either and he said the little 
dancers, the reason why they were in all white, because it's an old iPhone commercial from back in the day. Yeah, so I believe the commercial that he was talking about, and I didn't put that together either, but that was the signature Apple commercial that um, Steve Jobs put out where it was the breaking of the whatever and, and, and you know, he showcased it and, and, and it was it, it was like one of the most infamous commercials ever mm. that Apple did. And the people in that commercial were wearing those little white hazmat outfits. Oh, okay. I, I think I'm right on that. I okay. think that's where, but if Nate wouldn't have pointed that out, I would, I'm like. I didn't have a clue. I thought they were, <laughs> I thought they were Oompa Loompas. Or, I, just, I, I didn't understand it. I was like, I guess her colors for this tour is going to be red and white. And mm-hmm. that's about the, the extent of it. And then, of course, she's pregnant. And that got everybody talking because. You know, it's, oh my God! That's the first thing you said. You were like, "Is she pregnant?" And and all the women in the room when you said they were like, "It's baby weight. Yeah. She just had a baby, Jason." I know. <laughs> By the way, little note to self: don't ever, don't ever assume out loud that a woman is pregnant in front of a group of women if you don't know for sure. But I ended up being right. You were right. And I thought as soon as I got home and I saw the article and they're like, Rihanna confirmed she's pregnant. I'm like, well, Jason was right. I was like, is it, is they it, bit his head off. I was like, is that that big of a deal to assume? I mean, she looks pregnant. Like, can I not say she's pregnant? I find it hard to believe that Rihanna, after having a baby, would perform with any baby weight. That's what I was thinking too. I'm like, why didn't she put on a spank or something? But I didn't say because I didn't know. But she looked pregnant. But I just saw everybody bite your head off. So I'm like, let me just remain silent. Thanks for but the backup. I'm see what happens. Appreciate it. Thanks for the backup. Which she did, I guess, say in a in a pre Super Bowl interview that she was bringing a guest with her, which I thought oh. that was kind of funny. That was kind of clever. But you know, as far as the the show itself, like Brandon, you probably did you watch the halftime show? Yeah, I watched like 10 minutes of it. Uh, Why you say it like that? Weren't blown away, right? Um, I'm never blown away with any of the uh, Super Bowl halftime shows. Maybe if you're there, it's probably better, but it always just sounds like shit on TV. It just just never sounds good. Right. There was, it just looks weird. There was nothing, there was nothing, there was nothing extra to it, right? It was just, it was. It you was had just, to like the music to like the show because the show wasn't like, oh my God, this is so spectacular. But I'm a Rihanna fan and I knew every song and I was right about the song she performed. Hello? But she's so not singing, what, so know. she's not singing live. No, yeah, but you just get to hear the songs and how they remix them and put them together. You get to dance and sing, you know. <laughs> it's very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting to hear. You know, everybody knows none of the artists are ever singing. So it's like they're just tracking. And then so it's the dancing. I, I don't care to see people dance. I like the one guy that was grinding and his tongue was out, like, that's just not my thing. I'm watching the Super Bowl. I don't need to see a dude grinding and sticking his tongue out. Like that's uh, that doesn't make a good Super Bowl halftime show. So then you go, okay. Well, then what would make a good Super time, a good Super Bowl halftime show? The answer is I don't know. I just think that we're so <laughs> no, really. I mean, and this is for all of us. I unless you can just appreciate it is for the, it is for what it is, then nothing is going to make you happy. Really, that I mean that you have to accept that is that if you can't go in to an artist that you're not familiar with, and I'm not saying I'm not familiar with Rihanna, but I'm just saying if you're not familiar with Rihanna, uh, or you might kind of know who she is or have heard the name, and you watched it, and you your first reaction is, oh, this was fucking horrible, this sucked, this was the worst thing I've ever seen, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Well, yeah, because you wouldn't buy a ticket to her concert, so you have to now be a grown up and say. Okay, well, that's who's performing, like it or not, 
it is what it is. Can you accept it for what it is and go, okay, she's a performer and performed and she did it well, right? I mean, so yeah, it, the Super Bowl show halftime show didn't suck by no stretch of the imagination. I don't think it sucked. It was just a show with an artist you might not like or be familiar with. And this is the first year that I've seen so many videos of people recreating the dance moves and performing them and posting them. Now, maybe I missed it last year. Don't think I did. But I've seen at least six videos of people that recreated and, and learned the dance move from the Super Bowl. And I thought that was pretty cool. The a Super Bowl halftime show won't be memorable unless you make a moment. There were no moments in the Super Bowl halftime show. Her Fenty moment where she where she popped her billion-dollar business, that was memorable. No, it's not because every time a woman performs at halftime, they pop their whatever. Do, do. I mean, it, it, that's that's a memorable moment is Prince playing Purple Rain as it rains. Now, he didn't have any control over the weather. <laughs> But that's a that's what I'm talking about. Is that was a memorable moment, right? Oh, I love Prince. You know, so if you look at the list of memorable moments at a Super Bowl halftime show, you'll probably not have many, right? You're only going to have a handful of them. Um, it, it's just it's very difficult because we're so. I don't even want to use the word jaded. We're just such snobs. Like nothing makes us happy. You know, going back to even the national anthem thing, right? People up in arms, the black national anthem. It is what it is, dudes. Like, it's there. You have no control over it. So what are you going to do? Just bitch about it because you don't like it? Because you don't agree with it? Or you're not familiar with it? Or you're not educated on it? Or you don't know it? Or you don't, you don't, you don't believe on why they have it? That, that's, that's too bad. It's going to be there, right? So you can either... Take it upon yourself to make yourself miserable over something you cannot control or just deal with it and go, it is what it is. I hope it works out for those that are involved and move on and find the things that you actually enjoy or can accept. The point of halftime is for you to get a break. So if you don't want to see the performers, go take a break. Come back and well, finish the third quarter. That That's not so much the case with the Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, more, I think... The Super Bowl halftime show is to bring more eyes and ears on the product than just the football fan. So, you, you, you know, you have the the salt and the sweet, right? Mm -hmm. you, you know, you have the football for the football fan, and you have the Super Bowl festivities for the football fan, but you have the halftime show for the non-fan. So you're wanting to get both. Because that's why I was there. Yeah. <laughs> for the halftime show. What a, I can't believe I missed it. The Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake. That yes. was a that was a moment. That was a moment. You know, I mean, it that, that there will never be a in our lifetime a bigger. Well, I can't say it, but it's going to be very so far very difficult to top that moment because not only was that a moment at the Super Bowl, but it still resonates today. It changed the radio industry. It changed careers. Ended careers. From people, people that I know, that incident in 2004 ended their radio career because of how strict radio got afterwards. And there were some personalities that whether they didn't want to abide by the rules, the new rules, the soft rules, uh, or they just accidentally messed up. I know somebody that was doing traffic for radio stations that accidentally said damn and recorded it and didn't edit it out. Damn. The word damn. Wow. They were fired never to work again. Sheesh. 
They had to go get a whole new career because they said, damn. Yeah. They, I mean, they chose to get a new career, I'm sure. But it, that's how bad, bad, even to this day, what's the latest thing? Janet Jackson's, try, Janet Jackson's trying to make a comeback and, um, or perform. There's an award show because we're in award show season coming up on CBS. And they were going to do some big thing around Janet Jackson. And they actually said no because of what happened at the Super Bowl. Really? This is almost 20 years ago. Wow. They're still holding that against her. And it's no, not even her fault. And still, well, it is her fault because she knew what was going to happen. So she, it is her fault because she was on stage and she chose to let it happen. So, yes, it is her fault, but it's been 20 freaking years. And, and we didn't even see her nipple. It was, a, it was covered, right? So, yeah, it was covered. It had an X on it. So, anyway. But that's, you know, that's that was like... The, the turning point of when we be, all became started becoming very sensitive and the man telling us what we're, you know, what's right and what's wrong. And that was like the conservative rush, you know, all as they needed was Janet Jackson to expose her nipple. And then the conservative rush hit everybody. And, you know, you had the, you know, pow at the head of the FCC. And then, you know, uh, what's his name with uh, Clear Channel at the time going before Congress, Hogan going before Congress and saying, we're getting ready. Stern gets fired from terrestrial radio. Bubba the Love Sponge gets fired, taken off terrestrial radio because they're, you know, they don't conform with the conservative views. Hmm. And that was the that was the beginning of kind of, in my opinion, where we got to where we're at right now. You know, I always kind of look at 2001 as the timeline marker where the world changed for the worse. For sure. You know, I mean, people became more sensitive, more divided, more angry, more judgmental, this and this and this and that after 2001 because of what we all went through. And many of us never even got over it. So now we see, you know, it's kind of like. Thank God there's new generations that didn't experience 2001. It's just a story in a history book. Right. So they're not mentally, emotionally scarred from that. I was trying to look for this Janet Jackson award thing, but it doesn't show anything about it. I read something about it the other day. She got an icon award, though. From from who? From, um, from the Billboard Awards. She okay, Billboard's icon. not CBS, though. No. CBS, I believe, is the Grammys. But she was at the Grammys. Well, anyway, there's a story behind him. So, anyway, that was Super Bowl. Anything you got over there, Brandon? Anything happened at your Sonic party? Uh, no, not a whole lot. I mean, uh, I can't believe Jalen Hurts dropped that ball and uh, they picked it up for a oh. score. That probably that probably would have saved the Eagles if they he didn't do that. And you know, I almost picked that prop bet that I was just going to take both sides that there would be a defensive touchdown. I don't know why I didn't do it. It's always a plus, you know, five hundred or something like that, and I didn't take it. So I ended up winning some. I I lost money because I didn't get my money back. So I I put in three hundred. I gave fifty to my wife and the kids so they could bet on goofy things, and they I think hit one of them. So they won like eleven dollars. Um, and then I hit a like the biggest one I hit was Devontae Smith going over a hundred yards and Travis Kelsey uh, touchdown. And I think he finished with exactly 100 yards. Oh, wow. Yeah. If he would have scored, then I would have gotten even more from a different prop bet. So I ended up winning like 160 bucks just on the boxes. But there was something else that happened at the party. 
where money was involved and there was this debate on who should get it. So I'll get to that in the bonus segment for the premium two percenters. Thank you for subscribing. If interested, podcastthebs.com, and you can subscribe there along with everything else that we have on the website, including our social media, et cetera, et cetera. Brandon, are you ready? I be, I be. One question with Brandon. All right, go ahead. Chugga, 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 chugga. That's Andrew Sparks starting up his lawnmower and Sparky's Lawn Service. He's back at it. Veteran owned and operated since 2020. He'll handle all your mowing, your trimming. He'll probably do some cleanup for you. Just ask him. He'll probably do anything you need to. He might even babysit while he's on the lawnmower. I don't know. Just ask him. Uh, now's the time. Go ahead and get started. I know we're in February, but the grass is growing. It's kind of getting warmer. Groundhog says spring is here. So get a hold of him, uh, sparkyslawn at gmail.com or send him a call. Or call him a text. One of those two. 706-897-2199. Oh, send him a call. <laughs> All right. What's your one question? All right. What orange came first, the color or the fruit? Oh, that's a good one. That's kind of like one of those psych things. What color is an orange? Orange. Uh, what color came first? Uh, I would say the fruit. Hmm. Trying to think one color. There's an answer to this, right? Do you know the answer? Uh, maybe I might tell you at the end. Okay. But you like, th- there is an answer. That's what I'm saying. Uh, sure. He well, don't know if it's an answer. He didn't do the research. Cause I'm trying to figure out what came first, us coming up with colors or a fruit being grown and then colors coming after it. A fruit, because obviously the fruit. What are you looking at the sunset? And you're like, man, what is that color? Oh, he's got a point. There's other things that are orange, right? <laughs> but you're not going to be able to. Well, the origin, like which origin came first, us coming up with colors or fruit? There is something that started first. Well, it have to actually it would have to be. No, it has to be the color because you'd have to know what to call the orange. But is it called orange because of the color or just because that's what they wanted to call the fruit? Yeah, but I'm saying you look at the orange and you go, oh, you don't go. This is orange. You go this we will call color orange. I think the orange came first. I think the fruit grew first before we even came up with concepts of colors. But is he even, even the hold on for a second. Now think of this. Is the fruit an orange named after the color? That's what I'm telling you. I don't think it is. I think it's named after an orangutan. That's a monkey. I know. But I think they like oranges. They like bananas. <laughs> what is it? What's the other fruit that sounds like orange? I thought there was another one. I don't know why I said orangutan. An uh, uh, ostrich? That's a bird. Or not a bird. A fruit. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. The color came first. I'm, I'm, I'm changing my I'm changing my I'm changing my answer. I'm saying the color came first because we would have to know. What to call the orange? The color, the name would have to exist. You just don't look at the fruit and know the name. I'm going to say the orange came first, and I'm even going to say I don't think oranges originally were called oranges okay. until after color was created. So what's the answer, Brandon? Well, it says in the 1300s is when we started calling an orange an orange. I'm trying to figure out the color because they said they they both came at the same time, but they neither neither one of them had the same meaning. So we called an orange something different, but we had the color orange. See? I said I knew we called oranges something different. Mm. What do we call them? Mm. That's what I'm trying to find. Uh, That's good. 
The modern Spanish word for orange is naranje. Naranje. Mm. Uh, I'd love to have a naranje. A naranje Oh, with four women. Ooh, ooh, ooh. A naranje with an orange. That sounds like what happened in Boomerang. Yeah, naranje. As long as their feet's this, good. Since fifteen twelve, that's when they started using the color orange. But what did they call orange things before? Is what I wonder. That's a great question. See, maybe they just didn't call them anything. They didn't. They had or other names. Think what was orange in the eighteenth or the thirteenth century? Nothing. Oh yeah, I guess they didn't have a lot of colors. Like all black and white and brown and yeah, they didn't they gray. Didn't, they didn't. They didn't have colors. Yeah, but what, uh, I guess the only thing would be the sunset, right? If it was orange, I guess. Yeah, sure. Might have been purple. See, they didn't have road I'm, cones back then. What I'm looking yeah. up um, says the German word a flea sign and the a Dutch word cinnapel was what an orange was originally called. It was a Chinese apple. So the color, the name came first. But the word ultimately the- came from the old Persian narang. Yeah, so the word came first. So we uh, changed the name of the it. fruit. The fruit came first, and then the color came later, and then we changed it to calling it an orange once color was established. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't mm-hmm. called an orange originally. Nope. I said that. I said that. I said that before you said that. I said that soon as this conversation started. No, I believe I said that. We can definitely roll the tape back. I said it. We're not and rolling so shit back. Therefore, I was correct. The orange came first. Okay. Well. Um. All right. So, wh- wh- how do we finish this? Well, who's right? Because <laughs> you know who said it first, Brandon. What does it uh, matter? What came uh, first? Tell us what came first. <laughs> I think I think the orange came first, but it wasn't called an orange. So I would have to say the color came first because go. it wasn't called an orange. Thank you. That's what so I, I said. I think the color came first, even though it came later. That's what I said. That's what I changed my oh, answer to. Oh, you did. I, Dang. Shoot. Yeah, put my hands up. Get all <laughs> rowdy and huff puffy, too. <laughs> Dang, you're right. All right. Goodness gracious. There you go. Learn something new every day. Let's talk to our guest. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Just about everything needs to be insured in your life, right? So find the best in the business. That'd be Sean Camp at Country Financial. House, boat, motorcycle, car, you name it, needs to be insured. How do you get a hold of Sean? Easy. Call him. He'll pick up 678-519-9028. Tell him Jason said, hello, 678-519-9028. Yeah, make sure you mention the BS because he takes care of the two percenters. Or you can email sean.camp at countryfinancial.com. S-H-A-U-N dot C-A-M-P at countryfinancial.com. The camp agency at Country Financial. It is your one-stop shop for all your insurable needs. Hey, fellas, you want your life to change almost overnight? Yeah, well, schedule a call with New Vertiz Men's Wellness League in Sandy Springs, Georgia. Even if you don't live in Georgia, you still can get a hold of somebody over at New Bertie and talk to them because they can service you from wherever you're at. Menswellnessleague.com. Just schedule a phone call right there on menswellnessleague.com. Also, take advantage of the special that they offer up just for you two percenters. Make sure you mention the BS, Bailey, the podcast, something. Get the combine for $149. That's going to start your journey, fellas, to a totally different world. Maybe testosterone maintenance, maybe medical weight loss, maybe erection correction, maybe PRP therapy for your hair, whatever, right? But you got to put in the work. Got to put in the work. Menswellnessleague.com. You're the only person I'm going to say this to. Feel free to call my wife, 404-797-4600. 
That's if you're looking to buy or sell a house because she's a realtor. And that's why I'm here to tell you how great she is and how awesome she's going to be for you. She's a realtor with Coldwell Banker, Rachel Guy. She's your guy and she's my wife and she's awesome. 404-797-4600. You can also get a hold of her. I am rachelguy at gmail.com. Are you asking yourself right now, who's doing my taxes this year? Because the guy last year, (laughs) no way, not happening. Well, let me answer that question for you. Alliance Tax Solutions. You go to keepmy.money. That's a website, www.keepmy.money. It says it all in the URL. Tax resolution, tax planning, tax preparation, bookkeeping. Georgia-based, face-to-face tax resolution firm. They are the best in the business. 25 years combined experience, and they've resolved millions of back tax debt for their clients. So if that's you, Alliance Tax Solutions, that's the solution. www.keepmy.money. Rodents get cold too. They might want to get warm in your attic or crawl space. Uh-uh, not on Inspect All Pest Services Watch. InspectAllServices.com. That's the website you need to go to and book an appointment. Mention the BS, receive 10% off your exclusion work. Did you know that uh, one big issue with house fires is that squirrels cause them by chewing constantly? chewing on the wires, plus all the disease the rodents bring in. Don't let that happen to your house. Inspectallservices.com And back to you, Jason. So it's always interesting, like, we'll talk about something on the podcast, and then one of our two percenters will know somebody that could answer the questions, like they do it for a living or something. Now, Nate and Nikki swear to God I have not told this story on the podcast, which I did post something about it, and maybe that's how we have our guest here, McKiv, who works for Tech Warehouse. But can I say, McKiv, you're an online security expert? Can I, can I give you that title? Yep. Okay, because you are. I mean, that's what you do for a living, like to the, te- to the millionth degree, and we'll get into that here in a second. But let me quickly just set up this story. And I posted something about it um, on social media, how uh, this really bad scammer tried to scam me. And I'm not a stupid person when it comes to this stuff. So usually I can sniff it out. But this one was really good. And it was just odd timing how I had got a dash cam put into my truck and I got it done at Best Buy because I wanted hardwired. And like the day or two afterwards, I get in my email an invoice from the Geek Squad. And it looked pretty legit. I mean, like the the return email address was at Geek Squad. I mean, it was was very well done. And I've been billed by Geek Squad before. And they had the logo. They they had everything. They did good. But it was 300 and some dollars. I had no idea what they were talking about. So I knew it wasn't real because I didn't order it. So uh, it had a number to call. So I called to cancel, knowing that probably it was a scam. But I was now I'm curious. This Middle Eastern guy picks up the phone, but he didn't say, hi, Geek Squad, hi, Best Buy. It was a bunch of noise in the background like he was in a sweatshop. Mm-hmm. And he says, hello, hello, hello. I said, hey, is this Best Buy Geek Squad? Oh, yeah, 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 it's Geek Squad. And I said, okay, yeah. now I know. And I said, yeah, I got an invoice from you guys for $339, and and I didn't sign up for this, and I want to cancel. He goes, not a problem. We can cancel. Doesn't ask me why. Doesn't try to talk me out of it. 
He says, but first we need to disable all of your, um, your malware on your computer. You know, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I, go, I go, you're the worst scam person ever, dude. You know that, right? <laughs> and, he, and he hangs up on me. So I posted something on social media and uh, the two percenter Mike, uh, um, that he, you guys are buddies, right? You and Mike? Correct. Yep. Mike. Uh, For a while. Shaq? Shaq? Shaq. Yeah, I'm Shaq. horrible with names, McKeith. So anyway, that's how we got McKeith. And he's an online security expert at Tech Warehouse. And I think one of the questions that we were trying to get answered, uh, maybe a little tongue-in-cheek, but there's some seriousness into it, is why can we not stop these people? And why isn't like it a higher priority for, let's just say, the American government to go after these people? So, Jason, um, you know, the reason we were incorporated was one-on-one um, one only, that people are fed up. The U.S. consumer is fed up. Small businesses are fed up. And, you know, the biggest pandemic right now, and I don't mean to trivialize medical issues, but I tell you that the biggest scam is the biggest pandemic is scam and fraud, right? The, this is becoming such a huge problem. And really, it is costing lives. So if you think it's not costing lives like um, another pandemic, it's that's wrong. It's costing lives. And uh, it's unfortunate, to be completely honest, but most of the scams and frauds that you, I'd say a high percentage, can be actually squashed in the womb, right? So before it really happens, um, you know, the links that you click on, the uh, the scammers that kind of try to, try to, you know, pose as someone else and then befriend you and then ask you for, you know, slowly start bleeding you dry. I, we've seen all these sorts of cases and it's quite incredible. And Unfortunately, Jason, um, you know, for example, I'll give you a quick example. There's a, one of our customers we're working on. He's, uh, he was scammed for $300,000 crypto, all right, in Virginia. And that's everything that he ever had. So it's all gone. And obviously, there, there are platforms like the FBI. There are platforms like the FTC. But guess what? <laughs> the procedure that they have is you go and report the scam on, online to, to the FTC or the FBI and they tell you, okay, well, what happens is we'll look into this, but whatever happens, we're not going to tell you. I'm like, okay, so let me get this straight. I mean, and I'm sure the FBI, the FTC have their reasons, but as a consumer, as a, as a guy, I say that, okay, I lost everything and I'm putting my faith into, you know, the FBI or the FTC. And you're saying that I'm not going to ever even hear back from you. So they give up. These people give up. They, they don't know what else to do anymore. And that, that was the story with this gentleman. And unfortunately, you know, hygiene with the way you, you know, surf the Internet, wh whatever you do online, good hygiene and education for good hygiene to really starve these scammers. That's the, one of the first things in which we are trying to inculcate. So we do, uh, you know, we not only protect you, we go after scammers and, you know, a little bit more on that, but we have remediation uh, strategies because we have probably the best network set up right now to go after these scammers. But we tell them that, listen, like, you know, a, a quick example would be, um, you know, the IRS scam, right? You've got someone, you know, uh, that says, I'm, my name is Officer Mike Harris, 
And he can't even put a, a sentence together in English, right? Yeah. So this guy, he said, I'm Officer Mike Harris from the IRS, and I, I and you've got to pay, or you're going to go to jail tomorrow, or your 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 child is going going to or your kid is going to go to jail. So you got to pay two thousand dollars right now, and that's got to be through a gift card. Now you know we we've tried really hard to educate people about the fact that oh okay that should ring a bell, right? Two thousand is the IRS going to really ask you let me go one step further so these guys go down to the go down to the, their walmart to buy that gift card the walmart salesperson tells them listen this is a scam do not buy this gift card we've been told specifically to tell consumers not to buy this but they're like you know the the, the strategy that these scammers uses they kind of bombard and bully them and the the guy on the other hand it's, it's a senior citizen it's sometimes someone that's you know that's facing mental issues so and the other other times it's just someone that's you know doesn't have any idea about these things and they instead of like hanging up the phone they can't hang up the phone because they feel that something's going to go wrong they just give into it he ignored that walmart guy's advice and uh bought the gift card and then you know gave it over and now now we're trying to solve that the, the mess but gift cards from the irs etc we've told them but what we've what now for the first time what we've done besides having a so we've done two things one is we've created a network now we're, you're talking about over 1500 attorneys all over the united states you're talking about attorneys in nigeria you're talking about law enforcement agencies in nigeria you're talking about the ability to send a swat car down in india so this is what we created for the first time the consumer the u.s consumer has recourse overseas uh, if you take a look at uh, the presentation I sent you, it was uh, so we are we've actually partnered. And when you talk about identity theft, cybersecurity, we've partnered with the biggest security brand on the internet, Norton LifeLock, uh, also Bitdefender, and there's a lot of other security brands that have actually joined this uh, battle and this war. And um, on the legal side, because the, every you know, here's the thing. It doesn't matter which scammer you you can identify, you can't scam a scammer. You can't hack a hacker. That's still illegal. So, so for us, it's like trying to find a compliant way when these guys have like done everything wrong, and you know that they've done everything wrong. But we've still got to go by the book. And, I, and the justice, the, the the system, the way it's set up, it's very convoluted for you know uh, the small guy to really go to the cops. Now, a quick example, case in point, about how we can shake things up. This guy who lost money in Virginia right now. Uh, 300k cybersecurity, uh, sorry, cyber uh, cryptocurrency. He went over to the cops, right? That was his first like instinct. He went over to the cops. He told the cops, "I've got this is my situation. Can you help me out?" He's a, he's from a small county in Virginia. The cops told him to go away. Literally, mm -hmm. this is what happened. The cops told him go away, and he told us that. And I'm like, "Did you at least file a police report? Because that's important important in the court proceedings." He's like, no. I'm like, why didn't you file a police report? He's like, because they wouldn't even listen to me. Oh. I wasn't even there for five minutes. They shooed me away. Okay. So I said, all right, now that we're on the case. So without going into like crazy detail, let's let, let just say this. Two months down the line right now, we've got the Virginia Bureau of Investigation involved, a special agent um, committed to the case who speaks to us on a daily basis. And we've got search warrants out for Coinbase. Voyager, 
bandwidth, which is a phone company that shelters a lot of these guys, which I'd love to talk about because they seem to think that's okay to do. And um, I can. So these four companies hold the identity of the scammer. And this is how now we've surrounded this guy. We're going to go in. We're going to find the evidence we need. And we're going to pass him over to the authorities. And uh, Coinbase is going to freeze his accounts. So, you know, this is the backup we bring. And we've got an elite team of like 50 people right now who are so motivated to do just one thing. And I make sure that it's the result that they count on. So you'd mentioned, you'd mentioned Nigeria and India. What, what eth- ethnicity are you? I'm from India myself. You're from India. Okay. Yeah. But, but, you, but you, yeah. Had, but you had mentioned, you had said, you know, we live in a, a very sensitive time now. Uh, yeah. and, and you had said, you know, you, you couldn't even speak English and put a, a lick together, oh. but a lot of these customer service companies are, are outsourced from those types of places. You can't understand a damn word. You know, you get an American say that out loud, you're automatically racist, oh. blah, blah, blah. But you, as an online security expert, you would probably say that's a red flag. If you have somebody calling you saying they're from the IRS as officer, Michael Harris, and they're Indian or Nigerian and can't put a sentence together in English, that's a red flag, right? That's profiling and there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong in that. And also I'd go one step further and saying that he, there are, there's a reason why we've, uh, you know, collaborated with uh, Nigeria and India. These are hotspots, whether anyone, anyone likes it or not. They, if people don't want to say it out loud, uh, I don't really care because I know, and I've seen that, you know, in India, we, we've got like their city, actual full, their, their whole city's committed to uh, <laughs> scam, pulling off scams just from the United States. And I brought this up really, really huge with the Indian authorities. I'm like, okay, well, the, you know, the current Indian government, they're, they're pretty anti-scam. And so they're, for the first time, they're trying to do something about it. And I'm saying that first, the first, first thing you've got to do is accept that this is a hot spot, right? And there's so many scammers that originate from India because it, they take advantage of the fact that they know a little bit more English than, you know, Nigerians and, you know, Chinese. So what happens is uh, companies look to outsource people from India. And what these scammers do is take advantage. Oh, yeah. You know, and literally you'll get a call saying I'm from Microsoft and my lawyer, my chief legal officer, just the other day got a call because he was he was and it's kind of scary because they actually are tracking you so uh, extensively that he was he had some issues with his outlook. He gets a call from someone from India saying I'm from Microsoft trying to uh, and I want my, my I want to solve your problem with uh, Outlook. Now, that's crazy because he just had that problem. So there's a high chance that he's going to believe that obviously he's with us so he's like all right let me get these guys on the phone and you know we got on the phone and we, we told him uh what we think of him and what's going to happen next and he you know he he retracted but why americans does this happen to anybody else are we just stupid when it comes to the like you're thinking that these you know i've seen these 60 minute specials of where these places these people originate from and they're like third world dirt road countries and they're operating out of an internet cafe. And you're yeah. like, you're like, how can these people be so smart? And it's a, 
it's a it's an operation like information gets passed down from somebody above and somebody above it's like organized crime it's a conglomerate it is and oh it is it's crazy how this works and then the low man on the totem pole is the guy that's in the internet cafe trying to get whatever it is from you and the elderly people in this country are falling for it left and right let me go through some of these numbers that was in that presentation you sent me cyber crimes increased by over 60 percent from 2016 to 2022 and in 2021 the ftc received almost six million reports about identity theft and financial fraud u.s citizens lost just under seven billion dollars to cyber related crimes seven billion dollars jason that doesn't even include the 30 billion for phone scams 30 billion you're looking at about 100 billion if you put everything together and you say that okay this is what's gone out to third world countries 99 percent, you know to third world countries like nigeria india russia china uh it, it's uh, it closes in it closes in about 100 billion which is you know to what? me and, and to answer your question they're they're not always that smart like 99 percent of the times they're just they're they're just guys that have like put a group together and like we're gonna make it we're gonna make ten thousand calls and we know for a fact that a hundred of them are gonna fall for this. I mean, a, I mean, think about it. We're talking about a romance scam right now. There's a romance scam. There's this this person from Nigeria uh, allegedly uh, posing as a UK woman and she's trying to uh, she 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 kind of like told him that I'm the real deal and then she sent him pictures right of herself. That was a porn star, okay? That was a porn star, and he didn't realize that. And uh, she's like, this is me, and he's like, all right, now I know you're a really nice guy. I'd like to fly over. Could you send me some money for my plane ticket? And he's like, well, I don't have... And the horrible part is most of these people basically have about 100 or $200 in the account, in the bank account. So they don't really have any money, but they borrow just for this sake, Right. They borrow this guy. So he did that. He paid her the money. And now it's a romance game. And, and these guys are not that like, you know, they, they're they're not that uh, if you if you speak to them right off the bat, you'll tell, all right, something's wrong with you. Right. If you're if you're looking, if you've got that kind of mindset. But on the other hand, if you uh, you know, if, you, if you're out there for a really you're, you're out there for a relationship, you're a broken person. Right. And that this is where you got to give them a little bit of uh, leeway because they're. You know, a lot of these people in the U.S. and in the in the U.K. I'll, I'll say the West, uh, it, because the problem is as big in the U.K. as the U.S. and that's where we're going to go go next after we um, make sure that we're interested in the U.S., uh, which we are now. So it's it's uh, you know th- th- they're always like, okay, well, I I'm, I'm depressed, I'm lonely. This person wants to talk to me, right? So there's got to be something in it, right? So start talking, and then they send the videos. Okay. Well, I said that. Get, so they'll never do a video call, but they'll they'll send a video because they've got other girls in uh, you know in their vicinity or uh, their partnership. Those girls are getting a a pay, uh, a pay cut, so they're on the payroll. So they say that you're gonna provi- provide me an X amount of videos to catfish these guys in the U.S. and the U.K. and that's their collaboration. And so what we've done, uh, Jason, to to pretty much just, you know, uh, nip this in the bud. We've created, there's two things. First of all, we've created currently a an app that um, 
that for the first time intercepts these crimes in real time and in a sense squashes it in the womb. So what happens is we give we really educate these people about what what needs to be done. So step one is whenever you're on on the phone with someone you don't know, call your elder brother. Okay, that's us. That's our relationship we have with our customers. We're your elder brother. The app, you just click a button, it connects, immediately goes to a priority queue. Uh, that means a scam's in progress. And it connects you with one of our officers. All right, we've got uh, licensed private investigators who are cops that are full-time with us. So we've got those gentlemen. We've got some people that are really well-versed with cybersecurity. And this is easy to really, you know, uh, squash if they if we come in at the right time it's really easy to squash so uh they can click, click that button and then they'll be connected to us they can choose to stay on the phone or they can hop off the phone we'll take care of that from that point on uh the ai which we're going very heavily in uh, is going to starve these guys so bad it's going to predict patterns and tell customers exactly what to do and what not to do and when it pops up now here's the thing right a certain percentage, they just want to do it because they want to do it, right? I don't know. They want to feel good about sending money to someone. And it's really hard for us to coach those guys. Or to, Even though I'll tell you, we are, we're working with some of them right now. And uh, their habits have changed. I see that. I'm like, now, every time they even get someone, they're like, um, quickly give us a call. We call our team, our customer service guy, we call them concierges. So they're a concierge that's there for you 24 seven. You can call them at any time, okay? So you call your concierge and that concierge literally assesses the situation about whether this person is a scam. If it's, if it's not a scammer, we'll give you an assessment of that this person is legit because we can do that. We have access, just to give you an idea, we have access to the same uh, technology law enforcement have. So, and, and one step above that. So not only do we have that technology, we have a very sophisticated tools such as uh, Multegor and CypherTrace. They were created by MasterCard to go after scams. And uh, you've got to be licensed to use that. And we've you, been proof for that. Do you have a database of all these guys that you bust? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. We have, and we're adding all the time. We're going to expose them with, with, you know, with your help, people like you who really would like to talk about these guys bring up large scams to oh, I, I, I want i want to talk to them i i like i so i'm a mind <laughs> guy i want to i want to i want to go why are you doing this like how do you yeah. sleep at night you know is it a oh, is it a mindset mm-hmm. where you have no conscience and you just took this 80 year old woman's entire life savings and you sleep like a baby like what kind of person are you that can do this. I guarantee probably a lot of them would respond with, I've got nothing. This is the only way for me to make a living. You know, it's, it's, it's that poverty type of thing. Exactly. Cause that's how a lot of them sound. Even when you're going, going back and forth, cause I, I start talking to them and asking them questions. They always hang up on me, but I always ask them questions like, why are you doing this? Or what are you doing? Or what do you want? <laughs> Let's have a conversation. Yeah, Let's I talk. just talk to them. They hang up on me you, every you, time. You're thinking that at least one of them you can get through to. And they're like, <laughs> Oh, you know, I feel so bad. You're so, Miss, Miss, you're so right. I'm so sorry. I would have changed my ways. I just tried to scam you. Uh, Nate, do you have a question for McKeep? Yeah, McKeep. Um, so, like, I was talking to this woman the other day, and she had her, was her social security numbers stolen, and they'd opened up accounts with it and everything, and she finally got it kind of under control. 
once, but she's like, but you know, it's out there now or whatever. Once that happens, is there anything you can really do? Or is it just kind of like, you got to monitor your credit report? Nope. Uh, first of all, when that happens, what we have is a full system set up through uh, LifeLock and ID Shield. So what they do is they uh, will freeze your credit first to make sure that, you know, no one can use it. Okay. After that, they'll start rebuilding your credit and monitoring uh, on a special basis. So they do in a check on your credit and if anything pops up at all, it will not go through. And that system luckily is already like, you know, completely it's evolved and it's ready to go. Uh, the ID shield one is more premium where you can really just, so this is exactly the situation that we're facing with someone in Florida right now. She's uh, her, I, her uh, social security, her personal information was used to basically to, to even take out mortgages. And how the companies actually did that without her authorization, you know, the mortgage company. And this is another thing that I wanted to talk about, Jason and Nate, that um, we also need to bring attention to people that shelter these guys, these criminals, or make it easy for them, right? Though, and, they, and they're in the US. Those are the guys that are making this job so much easier. I'm not going to still take any names, but for example, there's a phone company that really, you know, uh, if you look them up and I'll send you a link just so you can uh, take a look at it. If you look at the reviews, everybody's saying just one thing. These guys, they're scammers from these guys' uh, numbers, the numbers that go back to these guys. These guys are just not doing anything about it. They've got a special department right now uh, that that handles these cases because there, there's so many cases coming through. We're actually now we've got a search warrant against them. So that's you know that's the good good news. But they seem to be very immune to this. So Nate, to answer your question, um, it's literally a product that we we specialize in. We can just hook her up with that. And yeah, absolutely. ID restoration is one of our. Uh, one of our big things, because most of the people, almost everybody that we come across has their ID compromised in some way. Someone's using their alias, if not uh, their social security to, you know, uh, impersonate them in one way or the other. And uh, yeah, one more thing I'd like to say, uh, you know, you said, Jason, uh, you know, you said you wanted to talk to them. Um, I had the pleasure <laughs> of trying to really try to get in their heads, right? So uh, this is me now, right? Um, you know, cool about the situation because I've seen it so many times. When I was younger, um, <laughs> I I was so angry and so furious at these guys when they call me. And they call me because, you know, I've always had a business in the United States, so they gave me a call. I'm like, first of first I started speaking in uh, the way I speak right now. And he's like, okay, sir, so go to your computer, open this. You wanted to get in my computer. So I'm like, okay, all right, okay, okay. I kept saying, okay, got it. Absolutely. Yeah, whatever you need. And all of a sudden, I changed this tone into Hindi. I started speaking in his own language, out of the blue. And he was like, what the? <laughs> he didn't know what's going on at that point. And he's like, what? He's like, what? I'm like, do you realize what you're doing to everybody? Don't you feel anything? I, I started, first of all, you know, I was so frustrated with these guys because they, they scammed um, a close buddy of mine and it was really horrible at that point. This was, I think about 10 or 12 years ago. And, uh, you know, he, I, I, I spoke to him. He's like, nope. I, I, and very, the effrontery that guy had, he was like, nope, I'm, yeah, this is what we do. 
Nope, I'm not. And then after that, when I started asking more questions, he started, you know, using profanity against my family, <laughs> my parents. So it always goes that when you really pin them down, they'll they'll do that or they'll, they'll bring on someone else. And some of these guys are really, okay, I do understand that poverty does lead to the, this situation a lot. That's the, you know, one of the core reasons. But a lot of these guys are fairly rich. The guys who own these call centers, we're talking about uh, a call center that was generating about, what, $4 billion in revenue Jesus. just to the United States. $4 billion. The FBI got them, finally. Thank God. They cracked them down. They went over to India. They, you know, uh, made arrests, et cetera. But that was a drop of water in the ocean. That was a speck of sand in the desert. There's, they're all over the place. The, and you can't really take the battle. I, I'm going to say this. I don't, I don't care what happens. You can't really take the battle to India because the, 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 the entire, I, you know, I'm from there, so I don't really care, but the entire uh, culture to a certain extent, it, 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 it really promotes that sort of, you know, uh, that sort of, uh, I guess, that sort of a business where there is no regulations. No one really goes and asks questions as to why, as long as everybody's getting their cut. That's the, that's the horrifying part. If, if these companies are making this much money, where does the money go? Like you're thinking Nigeria, very poor, certain places in India, very poor. And if you're getting over a hundred million billion dollars or whatever, the, 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 who's getting the money? Is it going to the, the government there? Is it going to terrorists? Is it, who's it going to? It's going to the rich, basically. Uh, the people that are rich uh, in India, for example, you'll see a lot of poverty if you see those documentaries. But you don't really know that there is there is a completely split personality to India. There, one side is really poor; the other side is so rich. Uh, so, to, you know, give an example of a few weeks ago, the, there were two Indians in the top ten richest people in the world. Right? The the most expensive um, home ever built is a was it about a, a, a two billion dollar home mm-hmm. in mumbai made by anil ambani who's the second richest guy or the third richest guy in the world right now so he had he's he's created this this and there are a lot of people like him so and, and he's clean i'm not i'm not saying anything about him but what i'm saying is that you know there's a lot of there's a lot of room for it to go around if you see there these call centers this is not a shack Okay, if, if you saw the saw the location, the FBI busted down. It's um, it's a sophisticated like it's got like those cubicles. It's like an operation. There's like four floors. The whole building is owned by this guy, and this guy's the lead scammer. He owns the entire facility. He's got employees coming in and out, checking in and out as if this is a legit business. And everybody does one thing in that building and one thing only, and that's they they. They have a list of a thousand leads. They give them a call. They say they're from Microsoft. They say they're from uh, the U.S. government. They say that you've got to pay or you're going to go to jail. And they kind of prey upon these, you know, these people who can't just say go to hell and put the phone down. I mean, you know, it's it's well, really mostly elderly people. Yeah, the elderly because they're yeah. they're they're trying to be polite, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, you know. Because my spiritual mother calls me all the time, like, such and such called me and, and, and said I owe them $300. I'm like, you don't owe anybody anything. Don't 
send anybody any money but like she's really worried about it because they want to pay their bills and they and they want to be on time and they don't want their credit i'm like you don't owe anybody money it's a scam my mother won't even give her phone number like i don't think my mother i say that i don't know she could she could get scammed but like she'll try to sell something on facebook marketplace and they're like well what's your number you know there's a bunch of scammers there and she's like oh i'm not giving you my phone number (laughs) You are not getting my... Do you have a question for McKee before we let him go? Well, that that's what I was going to ask him. Is, is it uh, broken down by demographic age groups of who they're getting most of their money from out of people? Because I didn't really see that in the, in the article. But I was wondering, like, what's the biggest group of people that's being scammed? The biggest group by far are the elderly, uh, the uh, mentally challenged to a certain extent that are getting some mental help. Uh, for their problems because they're easier to easier to bully basically so that, that's what these guys want to do they want to bully you in a capitulating uh, and obviously the the technologically handicapped right so there are people that don't understand how to go around this they're like this is probably you know a right thing i mean just remember guys the irs does not give you a call they mail you if they want anything they're going to mail you they're not going to call you just that one rule and you're going to save uh, save billions of dollars but yeah, that's going to be a never-ending battle, that, and uh, hopefully we that, can make a difference. That's what Best Buy told me, too. They're like, we don't have any plans for Geek Squad over $169 or something like that. And, yep. and I, was, I was like, gosh, you're such bad scammers. By the way, I'm going to call. I kept the guy's information. I'm calling him back. Cause, <laughs> and I'm going to play it on the podcast. I haven't gotten around to doing it, but I'm going to do it. What are you going to call him back and say? I'm going to try to, talk, I'm going to, try to help him, save him. <laughs> see if we can turn a new leaf uh all right um before we let you go any more questions nate you got anything more no okay how much does something cost like if people wanted to get a hold of you and use tech warehouse because it's not just you know i i didn't know this about your company but it's not just like when people think online security they think oh i can just say software i can download it nobody can hack it like you guys provide almost like armed security for your tech for your for your for your your finances and your life you have so much so much to offer it's more than what i think people would just assume so how much would it cost if somebody got a hold of you and said i need your help um so you know the, the great part about us is you know this is online security and scams that's one thing we have full legal solutions literally for any problem so there are other scams for example like uh scams on ebay scams on you know marketplaces where people away with uh, misrepresenting the product that too is a scam so we take care of all of that and what we i, I say our biggest usp is that we've perfected it to be affordable, right? So our plans start from as low as uh, 50 to $60 a month. Oh. And then they go, yeah, it's that. And, uh, you know, it, it, depending on the complexity of the case and their reten- retention, remember in, in our packages, we also have uh, an X amount of um, uh, de- uh, litigation for defense, et cetera. So they're, they'll actually, the, the lawyers can go on the offensive for the package in your state, regardless. W- would your company, let's say somebody's identity got stolen, which is just the biggest headache. I've known people this yeah. has happened to. It's so oh, much yeah. time, time more than money. It's tedious. You can't get to anything. Everybody moves at a snail's pace. 
if somebody if that happened to one of our listeners, they could come to you, right? And and you could take care of that. Anytime. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Just let us know. We'll hop on a call with them, get the discovery done, understand what their problem is, and provi- provide a custom solution for them where you know, it'll cover everything moving forward and uh, go after whatever damage is done in the past. So where, where, where do you want people, where do you want us to send people? Uh, well, we have a toll free, which I can send over to you. Uh, you can call that toll free or uh, I'll also give you a, uh, a case manager directly who, if they come through you, I'll uh, dedicate a, uh, a special unit that can take care of those guys. Oh, so okay. I'll just, I'll, yeah. I'll email that to you. So if they just let them uh, say that they've come through uh, Jason and uh, it will go to a senior case manager. So I'll get that set up for you uh, literally right after this call. Okay, cool. And when, when we post this, we'll post it on our social media so you can get all that information. That's great. Uh, Absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang on to your information. I'm going to keep you in my back pocket because I find this stuff yep. fascinating. Now, you got to make me a promise. If you get a hold of somebody, you have a conversation with one of these scammers and you're recording it, I'm assuming it's for public record. You got to send me the audio. You got to send okay. it to me. Well, that'll be easy. Uh, I, I think we can uh, probably uh, conjure that up in the next few days because we get that all the time. Uh, we just, you know, we kind of got, we've got fed up of it, but now we're going to just go a little bit deeper in it, try to create a video for you and then send it over to you. See, yeah. see how you like it. Or just send me, enjoy. send me a Rolodex of all their phone numbers and let me call it. It'll, <laughs> okay. just, be, it'll just be a reoccurring <laughs> bit because I can get away with that stuff. All right, McKeef. Uh, tech, okay. tech Warehouse, Inc., thank you so much for all of that information. You were phenomenal. Uh, I think Thanks that too. it was very, very interesting. I didn't fall for the Geek Squad, Geek Squad scam, but because of that, I was able to to, to meet McKeith. Yeah, so that's good. Good deal. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Thanks Thank for your you. time. Take care, buddy. Appreciate having me. All Bye-bye. right, guys. Take Bye-bye. care. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.